All alone? Not sure how to start gaming? Want to dive in, but kind of afraid of getting online? Is there any way you could get a game in, on your own, really quickly, and have a good time? Have you thought about fighting fantasy? If you say the real life ends up your days And you don't have time to play Well, midlife is the best time to start a new role-playing phase And you need a rescue Chase coming at you with a rescue A role-play rescue Chase gonna help my friend Let's sit down the game My name is Che Webster, and this is Roleplay Rescue. Hello, rescuers. This week's episode is a little bit off the cuff. I've been quite inspired listening to, first of all, the Purple Worms, and then Dave Aldridge talk about the fighting fantasy game. Now, the guys have been talking a lot about what is called the Advanced Fighting Fantasy Role-Playing Game. But I actually got thinking quite a lot this week about the value of just the Fighting Fantasy game books themselves. And it occurs to me that these might be a really good place to start gaming. And so, here we are. Let's have a chat about Fighting Fantasy. This is Season 5, Episode 7, Fighting Fantasy. Hey Trey, this is Jason, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. If somebody wants to get back into gaming, either, you know, if they have a local game shop, definitely go check there. But if not, if they're looking at online, then the quickest thing is probably to go to the Audio Dungeon Discord or one of the other friendly discords and, and just hop in a game. To be honest, most of us will welcome any newcomer in the game. There are a lot of drop in games. And there are a lot of games that are very simple. They either don't need to know the rules for or will be happy to, to share and teach them the rules. We're also playing a lot of older and newer games. So you can find everything from original Dungeons & Dragons up to 5e to, you know, all the different systems. So they can easily find a game that they're familiar with. So the biggest thing is just to jump in and, and we'll help them along. So Jason's absolutely right. There is a fantastic hobby community that's based around, first of all, the anchor community of podcasters, of which I do count myself a member, and the Audio Dungeon, which is kind of at the heart of that community in terms of uh, organizing games and planning stuff and doing stuff. But of course, not everyone's comfortable getting online and trying to hand the game. And you know, there's been plenty of uh, the podcasters themselves who've admitted that it's taken some time. It isn't a simple step. It isn't just a matter of getting online for some people. So that got me thinking. And um, over the last few months, actually, I've been thinking a lot about how to get people back to the gaming table. And of course, one of the big kind of um, thrusts in the hobby community for role-playing games is to kind of go quite simple with your game rules and keep things really light and simple and fresh and also to encourage 
perhaps just doing a bit of a one-shot, you know, a one-off game and getting its feet wet, which works for an awful lot of people. Failing that, though, I reckon these gamebook things might be part of the solution. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Today, Amazon delivered to me a six-book pack, which actually cost me less than 20 quid. And contains six fighting fantasy game books. And I've just taken one of them off the pile. So I have um, The Island of the Lizard King in my hands. This is by Ian Livingstone. Now I remember this um, back in the 1980s as the seventh fighting fantasy game book. And I remember playing it with quite a lot of fond memories, I suppose. It was first published, apparently, in 1984 by the Penguin Group. And this is the Scholastic edition from 2018. Now, the thing is, as Dave Aldridge has pointed out many times on his podcast, these things are becoming mainstream with kids in school. And so if you've got kids, well, they're a great thing. You could kind of get involved with them in playing. But of course, if you're wanting to get back to gaming, why not just play it yourself? You see, the reason I got hold of all six was... Partly because I'm getting all nostalgic and excited about playing the fighting fantasy role-playing game, which, you know, I dug out of the shelves. But the other thing is actually I fancied playing one solo. And the sheer amount of excitement I've felt over the last few days about getting hold of these books has been incredible. Now, I have to say, the Skaskaskic edition doesn't have the iconic cover that I remember, but it does have a cool little cover. And when you look inside, it's quite large print, um, this book is about 200 pages long and is full of you know little images and, and stuff to kind of inspire your imagination. It's absolutely fabulous. And one of the little innovations, which I, I hadn't realized had been added, is that I think along the bottom of the page, there on the right-hand side, every time you flip through, there are various different two dice, dice rolls icon there. So you don't even need two dice in your hands, actually. Um, I believe you can play these off the cuff. Anyway, I guess I'm kind of wittering on a little bit. So what I actually wanted to do is just explain to you how these games are played. If you've not played a fighting fantasy game or if you've forgotten, um, I just wanted to run through kind of how it happens. And I'm just going to turn to the front of this book and I'm going to read. So shall we get started? How will you start your adventure? The book you hold in your hands is a gateway to another world. A world of dark magic, terrifying monsters, brooding castles, treacherous dungeons and untold danger. Where a noble few defend against the myriad schemes of the forces of evil. Welcome to the world of fighting fantasy. You are about to embark upon a thrilling fantasy adventure in which you are the hero. You decide which route to take, which dangers to risk, and which creatures to fight. But be warned, it will also be you who has to live or die by the consequences of your actions. Take heed, for success is by no means certain, and you may well fail in your mission on your first attempt. But have no fear. For with experience, skill and luck, each new attempt should bring you a step closer to your ultimate goal. Prepare yourself, for when you turn the page, you will enter an exciting, perilous fighting fantasy adventure where every choice is yours to make. An adventure in which you are the hero. Hello. 
All right, so how do you play this thing? It's quite straightforward, really. There are nine pages at the back of this particular book, The Island of the Lizard King, which constitute the rules of the game. It's entitled How to Fight the Creatures of Fire Island, and it's pretty simple stuff, to be honest with you. The starters, you're going to need 2d6, although, as I mentioned earlier, the bottom of the right-hand page of every single page in this book has a pair of dice rolls on it, and the instruction is that you can flip through, like, quickly, and I've got double six. Um, you can quickly flip through and get the dice. And if you only need one die, you just flip through, and you take the first number of the two dice, so that's four. Um, so actually, you don't even need dice on you at all. You might want a pencil. Um, and in the back of the book, there are some adventure sheets. What's really nifty, actually, is there are two adventure sheets. There's a, an adventure sheet and an enemy encounter sheet. And then there's another copy of that as well. So you can play this through at least twice. No problem at all. I would probably personally photocopy that or do my own sheet. But you could just get on a scrap bit of paper. It wouldn't be a problem. So how do you get started? You need a character, okay? Um, and what you do is you roll for three statistics, three abilities that you have at the start of the game. One of those is skill. You roll one die and add six. Um, I got a four, so that would be 10. Um, and you roll two dice and add 12, and that's the number of stamina you points you have. I rolled eight, so that would give me 20 stamina. And you roll one die and add six for luck. Um, I rolled five, that would be 11 luck. Enter those on your sheet. And essentially, that's it. The skill reflects your swordsmanship and fighting expertise. The higher, the better. Stamina represents your strength. Basically, the higher your stamina, the longer you're going to survive. And luck represents how lucky a person you are. Luck and magic, by the way, they're facts of life in the fantasy world that you're about to explore. So you kind of need a bit of luck on your side. Now, these scores change constantly, so you are going to have to keep an eraser and a pencil on hand, as I mentioned a moment ago. The next section is on battles, and is basically a very simple sequence of play that you're worried about, really. Um, each creature you come across has a skill and a stamina score, and you're just going to follow this procedure. Let's run through it quickly. So basically, you roll both dice once for the creature, and you add its skill score, and that gives an attack strength for that creature. Then you roll both dice for yourself, and you add the number rolled to your skill score, and this is your attack strength. And basically, you compare the two. So if your attack strength is higher than that of the creature, you wound it. And if not, it wounds you. If they're both the same, you've avoided each other's blows, and you just go back to step one. So if you wound the creature, you take two points off its stamina. And if you want, you can test your luck to try and do additional damage. I'll come to that in a second. If a creature is you, you take two points of damage, but again, you can use your luck at this stage. So you make the adjustments and you keep going until either one of the other side has died. Um, there is sometimes the option of escaping, but this is only available if it's offered on the particular page in the game book that you're working through. And that's kind of the core of it. Luck can be tested. You basically roll your luck, roll two dice. If it's equal to or less than your luck, you've been lucky and things go in your favor. If not, uh, you've been unlucky. But each time you test your luck, you take one point off your current luck score. So basically, eventually you run out. You can lose luck in battle if you want to. Sometimes you get to this option. Um, if you're winning something, you can try and pump that damage up and basically take two extra points off so you sort of double the damage by testing your luck and you can reduce the damage you take to one by testing your luck when you're hit so that's kind of handy throughout the game your skill your stamina and luck can get restored um, stamina can be um, restored by taking provisions 
that's four stamina points back um, and there are other potions and other things that you might find you can also take bonuses to your skill if you're carrying certain items these come in the text of the book so maybe a magic sword might give you plus two for example and of course luck can be restored at times as well there is a specific thing you're allowed to choose at the start of the game you can take one bottle of either a potion of skill a potion of strength or a potion of fortune and they all basically restore your respective stat the potion of skill restores skill the potion of strength restores stamina and the potion of fortune restores luck and adds one to your initial luck score which is kind of handy get one of those at the start and you pick it and you use it only once and then the last bit of the book is just a little bit of advice on how to kind of play on top of that we just need to deal with how the game is played so basically you start at entry number one in the book and it'll introduce the situation that you're in you then follow the instructions so basically you make some choices Role-playing games, remember, are all about making choices. And this is why I feel Five Fantasy is such a good starting point, because you get to make choices. Okay, they're bounded, they're limited. You start in this book with two choices, um, and you turn to the relevant entry in the book. It's not a page number, it's an entry number. And you carry on from there. These things are, you know, a classic. I imagine that anyone listening to this is probably rolling their eyes at me and going, why have you just spent six minutes explaining the rules of something I know how to play? But I wanted to go through how simple this is. And I want to encourage you to think about it. Could you have a fun game with that? I reckon you can. I'm going to have a go over the next couple of days at the Island of the Lizard King and try and work my way through the pile because I reckon this is a great way to start role-playing. I mean, that's how many of us started. Right, Dave? Let's roll some dice. Got a seven. <laughs> Rescue! So I guess the $20 million question is, is Fire Fantasy, is a game book like this really a role-playing game? I think it is. I think at the essence, role-playing games are about making decisions, and you get to make decisions. As I mentioned a moment ago, it is actually, yeah, a bounded experience. There are limits on that. But it's no more bounded in many ways, than a kind of fairly simple computer game. Um, the only other thing that is kind of makes it more exciting than a computer game, I think, is that basically it's visceral, it's in your hands, it's tactile. There's something kind of special about this particular approach to gaming. Now, for me, if you're thinking about getting back into gaming, this is a great way of just kind of getting some dice, getting going, and you know having an adventure you don't need anybody else and you don't have to be too worried about it a lot of people i know have an anxiety about kind of coming back into the gaming community cold and i just don't see how this is a bad option to be honest with you and of course if you really want the full experience a full role-playing game there's nothing stopping you hopping onto ebay and buying yourself a copy of the fighting fantasy role-playing game or even the advanced fighting fantasy role-playing game dungeoneer although if you want my personal opinion, stay clear of the Aryan Games version of it. But hey, let's not go there just yet. Ooh, got a six. Hey, up Shay. Shandy Andy here. It's been a while since I dropped a message on. But as you know, I've had a few problems at home, but all sorted now, hopefully. So getting uh, back through the back catalogue, really enjoying it. Um just finished listening to the one about getting back into role playing for the 23rd of November excellent really enjoyed it one thing I'd like to add to that which I don't think has been touched on at any point uh, people getting back into role playing 
ask your partner. Ask them if they'd like to give it a go, because that's exactly what I did when I got back into role-playing a few years ago. My wife had never shown any real interest, or no disinterest either. I don't think she really knew what role-playing was, and it was in hindsight now I probably wondered why I went off once or twice a year for a weekend away with me old poly mates and what we actually got up to but anyway when I started to get back into it uh, fairly regularly uh, my wife sort of asked what is it you know is it and showed her an interest so I basically just said oh I'll run something for you and um, at the time I just had the D&D fifth ed players handbook and I just literally sat down read through it saw that there were paladins still there and humans and thought yep let's go for that after explaining sort of a few basics to her and we literally sat down and did a, a few sessions just one-on-one where I was just narrating the story and her character was going round. obviously you've got to keep it fairly combat light um, even in fifth ed um, if there's only one player and you have to get around that by the way I did it was by giving out magic items fairly freely also having a lot of NPCs available to um, play uh, alongside my wife's character and it is quite different I find doing a one-on-one um, certainly my wife had got to the stage where she got stumped quite a lot of the time because I don't think a lot of us realize until you do a one-on-one how much you rely on other characters when your own ideas have sort of run out and you just need a different perspective on things but anyway that's led up now to where my wife has said well could I sit in on one of your online sessions you know and see how it's really done which I didn't take too badly <laughs> as a, uh, a sort of commentary on my uh, GME um, but I'll probably get her to sit in on uh, one of Dave Aldridge's black hat ones shortly because um, I think that's a fairly good way of her actually seeing how it's uh, done by some really good role players um, you know so so I'm just offering that as a suggestion see if you can get your partner involved because I've been very surprised and very pleased to uh, get Helen involved in my hobby right then I need a favour this podcast is aimed squarely at the ex-gamer who wants to find a route back to the gaming table. And I need you to help me get it to the right ears. If you are an ex-gamer trying to find a way back, I really hope that I can help you to see the possibilities. But here's the thing. Can any of you help recommend Roleplay Rescue to your friends? I don't really know what that might look like, to be honest. But if you know someone who's a lost gamer... Perhaps you could ask them if they've heard of the show. I mean, basically, it's like this. We need to get the show to the ears of the Lost X gamers. And I know many of my listeners are committed gamers. And some of you are podcasters in your own right. So would it be okay to shoot someone a link to your favourite episode of Roleplay Rescue? I guess I'm asking for you guys to help me widen the reach. I need your help to call people back to the gaming table. And wouldn't that mean more players for everyone to enjoy gaming with? I hope you don't mind me asking, but thanks for your support. And I guess that's about it for another episode. Just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who's called in today. Really appreciate you calling into the show. And I really want to thank you for taking the time to listen to me. This podcast absolutely depends on the support of the community. Without you guys um, listening to the show and taking part and dropping in notes, there really wouldn't be very much in the way of interesting content 
On top of that, I want to say a massive thank you to the Roleplay Rescue patrons who support the show through patreon.com slash rpgrescue. You guys really are the heart of what I'm trying to do, and you keep me going every single week, back at the mic, saying something hopefully useful. Anyway, all of that aside, I think it's time for me to sign off. I'm going to leave this episode where it is and wish you all the very best. I hope you don't mind me going a little bit off on a tangent this particular episode. I just really feel that those fighting fantasy books have more going for them than a lot of people give them credit for. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. Game on!